Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it's Oliver on the turn, he scored at both ends! A really sharp turn, and he cancels out the old golden heat score! And so, sees it saved, goes for the rebound, and it's bundled in! Coco Rainer furious, but he got no help, he did his job! But the reaction from the Spurs players, quicker than those of his defenders. Orlando's has let it go, and it could be a really costly mistake. Son could finish it. It does. Son clinches it for Tottenham at the death. It's a horrible, horrible moment for Bjorn Engels, the man who had given for the hope of a point. And has now just tossed it away. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs as we provide you instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspurs late, late win against Aston Villa at Villa Park. Thankfully, the game wasn't called off as Sonny stepped up late to give Spurs a massive three points in this battle for the top four. Delighted to have three guests with me on the last word on Spurs. Returning to the show, delighted to have Abby Summers. Abby, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure, Abs. Always, and especially on the back of a win like that, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you back on. Thank you for having me. A late win. Late win, wasn't it? <laughs> really later than that, to be fair. Seconds to go. Well, delighted to have two debutants on the last word on Spurs. First up, I've got to be careful not to butcher his name. I've tried so hard in the preparation to this show and the build-up. Delighted to have Senk with us from the Spurs web. Senk, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, should be a good new episode. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, delighted to have you. I know you've been a long-time listener, so thank you for suffering with us, Senk, and delighted to have yeah. you on making your debut. And finally, last but certainly not least, we're delighted to have Max, big YouTuber of Spurs. Max, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me as well. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to the episode making my debut. Oh, I'm sure it'll be a decent one, Max. I'm sure it will. If anything like Stevie Bergeron recently, we're on to a winner. <laughs> I tell you, we'll start with you, Max, because to be fair, it looked like Spurs were about to go and throw a all three points against Aston Villa. But somehow they're going home with them all. Missed chances galore, but now we're just a point off the top four. What do you make of that result up at Villa Park? God, where do we start? Um... That game had mixed emotions, uh, end-to-end throughout, and honestly, any team could have ended up snatching it. Um, like you obviously opened the episode saying, Son grabbing the late winner. Uh, I mean, how many times has he had to do that for us? Um, the amount of chances we had, whether it was him, Son, Bergwin, uh, it was. I mean, going forward, 
the Spurs we love to see we're creating loads of chances but it's just at the back we're still we're still looking a bit edgy at the back and it's just on another day Villa could have easily put that to bed if it was if it wasn't for the likes of Ben Davis coming back um blocking my line which could have made it 2-0 to Villa so there was just so many key points of that game that looked was like an if or but and on another day obviously you'd see Spurs throw it away yeah, crazy game. And you mentioned about the amount of shots we had. Ten shots on target for Spurs against Aston Villa. The most we've recorded in a Premier League game this season. Now, Abby, not saying anyway that was the perfect Spurs performance, but it does feel like we created a lot more chances today than we have in absolute ages. Pepe Arena had to make five or six saves in that second half just alone. Was that more for you, a Tottenham team that seemed a bit more together, a bit more resilient? And how important for you is that victory? I mean, it's massive in terms of kind of closing the gap right before we go to Chelsea. Um, but again, the thing is, is that we managed to concede twice again. I mean, OK, of course, one of them was our fault um, in Toby and he did redeem himself. Um, but it, it, I, I, I'm, I'm still, the jury's still out in terms of the fact that I'm not entirely convinced that too much has changed. We're creating the chances that we haven't been doing in the last few weeks. Um, against City, I mean, we, we created, what, two chances and took both of them, which is great. And it's something that I don't feel like we usually do do. Um, but I just don't, I'm just not entirely convinced at the minute. I think that we're just so up and down with sometimes that we manage to defend and we, we win games like City in, in terms that we're not, we would definitely, none of us would have probably thought we would have come out with three points, especially after the first half now, we're seeing how I think that we struggled. Um, but again, I guess I guess you could look at it is that we, we've taken 26 points since he joined, which is the highest tally after Liverpool. So there's obviously improvements somewhere, but in terms of the actual performance and the style of football, I, I don't think that necessarily has improved yet. I understand the football to some degree is going to divide opinion, but you mentioned there, I mean, Liverpool, 42 points, the only team to record more than Spurs over this period since Jose Mourinho took charge at Tottenham. I mean, Senk, can you help but not be impressed by the amount of points we have collected since Mourinho's come in? Let's be honest about it. He came into a fragmented dressing room, low on confidence, and we were only going one way in the league. Let's be honest about it. For him to have collected as many points as he has done so far, we've, let's be honest about it, in terms of the transfer window, not getting that striker, which many of us insisted he should have had. Can you only give him praise so far? Yeah, 100%. I think... What he's had to take over, like you said, it, it was is is very hard to do. Like a team that's just obviously went through such a rough patch, you know. Obviously at home, you know the games like Bayern Munich, it kills a team. Um, but the thing with that is, like you said, with the January with, with no striker, it's hard to to build a team like that. And when when you got such a big season like we have, we need Champions League football. Obviously, that's a crucial. And you got so many, you got such a tough schedule as well. December, you know, is hard. Um, but with, like the thing is with Mourinho is that he's trying to implement it, but obviously without a striker and we're playing with Mora and Son, it's not ideal. Um, obviously, we've had a few injuries here and there with Davis, who's obviously so important uh, for his system. It, it's hard. So, yeah, look, he's building what he can. Obviously, we've got to give time. January's not ideal for obviously incomings and outgoings. It's hard to you know, obviously find people to buy your players and obviously coming in as well. So, yeah, overall, we've got Chelsea away on the weekend, Leipzig midweek as well. So, yeah, so far, I'm, I'm yeah, it's looking positive and I'm, I'm impressed. So, yeah. Max, to bring it back round to you, if I was to offer you at this stage of the season, bearing in mind when we sacked Pochettino that we would be just a point off the top four, Champions League round last to 16, still in the FA Cup, 
would you have taken that, bearing in mind it feels like now an age since Pochettino was sacked where we've gone through so much? You know, you look at it now, and we're not in a terrible position in February, are we? It's quite remarkable, to be honest, because if you think before Christmas, it felt like it was just doom and gloom. And like, I generally, I don't know about the other guys here, but I'd, each game, I just wasn't as excited to watch as I have been in the past. And now, going into each fixture, I mean, obviously the new signings always help. But it's kind of like we're kind of getting our Tottenham back. We're actually getting points. We're playing some exciting football. Um, yeah, sometimes we're just covering the gaps because obviously we are still um, like leaking goals here and there and there's still plenty to work on. But like, um, sorry if I pronounce it wrong, but is it Senk said? Um, obviously, January isn't a rebuild situation it's kind of like the small parts to the like to a big puzzle I I think that he needs to have a proper transfer window again it's not it's not his squad he's inherited um what was left from Pochettino's squad and obviously people have moved on and we've obviously brought some players in so I guess he's trying to rebuild it in a way um I think it will really depend on whether or not Daniel Levy gives him the money that I assume he's been promised um which is probably the reason he signed in the first place um, I don't believe that he would have gone into another club with the same situation as he was at United, where he didn't feel like he was backed. Um, even though I think he did have quite a lot of money spent during his time at United. Um, but I think I think time will tell whether or not he Daniel Levy does live up to his word and gives him that. Um, and then he can actually build a squad he wants to build. And then I would personally have a different outlook as and when I see the team he wants to build and a style of play he wants to implement. Um I think that just, you know, doing a long ball up in the hope that Lucas Moura is going to win one in every 10 header is probably not the best style of football. Um, <laughs> what makes you think correct, that <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. No, um, yeah. But look, he, he's that manager that likes that long ball. I think that if he's, look, we, we've climbed a lot since he took over. You know, we're now in and around that top four spot. You know, that game at Chelsea next week is massive um, in terms of us actually breaking into it where we haven't been in it pretty much the entire season. I don't actually think we have been. Um so I think that if we end up finishing the season in the top four, potentially we're still look, we're still in the cup at the minute. If if we won a cup, I'd say that's a big success. I think that you know I would definitely be more leaning towards pro Jose and seeing what he can do for us. Um, and even finishing the top four with everything that's gone on this season, all the circumstances as well, would also be an achievement. Um, but yeah, I want to say that I'm I'm really on board with it, but I just I don't know something just still doesn't sit totally right with me. I re- wish I could say it did. No, but Abs, I think what you're saying there is is again a, similar to how many fans feel. I think there's, there's still a split amongst Tottenham fans that feel at the moment where things are at. You know, there's still a lot to be seen in terms of Mourinho team. But again, I, I go by what the guys have said here so far. You have to give him a proper transfer window, a proper pre-season. Yeah. We spoke a lot about the fact that he wants a full pre-season. You know, time to work with these players. Because what's evident for me is that the longer he's been on the training ground with these guys over a week's period, you do see certain improvements. I do think, you know, we saw the amount of shots we had against Aston Villa. As I said, that's the most recorded in the Premier League game for Spurs this season. If we can just cut out, as we've seen in this game, so many individual errors which we're going to come on to, then who knows what this team could be capable of. Now, of course, the show is all about your listener questions. And we're going to bring some of these in. More statements than for some of you guys. Brock says, such an amazingly weird game. Out of field and Engels were both directly at fault for their two goals, respectively. Yet both found themselves on the score sheet as well. Just one point off the top four, up the Spurs. Matt Robinson, THFC, says, who says we don't have the character? We are learning to grind out results. Massive win. 
And we also feel like everyone is really on board and the heart in the team is back. Well, I think some of us are still yet to be convinced in terms of Mourinho by the panel here. We shall see. But let's get straight into that starting eleven. Senk, I'm going to come round to you because we saw Ben Davis back for the first time in a Tottenham team under Mourinho since his first game in charge. Eric Dyer started for the first time in the Premier League since Chelsea on December the 22nd. Ahead of the Chelsea, we saw Undumbele back on the bench. What did you make of that team, Sink, when you first saw it? It was a bit of a mixture, actually, because, you know, originally I thought maybe we'd see Lascelles sign Undumbele start, maybe, because obviously we had the, we had the midweek game as well, so that's got to be considered. The back four, Ben Davis come in, I think, like I said previously, is, is very important to the system because what happens is, you know, it, he kind of tucks into a free. And then obviously Aurier has the license to go forwards. So, yeah, I can see what he's trying to do there. But but the front four, I'm impressed with what we've got so far. Kane out, you've got to improvise. And uh, we've sewn up, so he scored two today. So obviously that's what you want. Impressed by uh, Bergwin's, obviously, so far with the goal against City, obviously, it was brilliant. And he's starting to fit in well. And I thought maybe it, it takes time for him to settle, especially January, new surroundings. Um, obviously, he's come from, from VSV. So I thought it would take time. But no, he, he looks comfortable in there. Um, but yeah, one thing I want to say on the front for today it was a little bit weird. Actually, it seemed it just seemed like no one wanted to pass to each other. It was a bit weird. Like you had like so many opportunities where Song could have squared it, Delhi could have squared uh, squared it. You know, Moore had a few chances as well. So it was a little bit weird with that. Um, but yeah, I, I so agree far, on that. I've got to agree yeah. with you on that point. I just want to bring bring that actually to you there because like you said there, I feel a lot of Tottenham's players at the moment they can be quite selfish. With the ball, it's almost like they want to create yeah. the individual moment and not the team moment. Does that worry you, saying that for you at the moment that we don't seem to be playing well to some degree as a team? A lot of the goals we score are moments of individual brilliance to some degree. There's not many team moves involving in goals. Is that, does that worry you? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like like they would beat a player and go back and try and beat him again and then do it all themselves. It's like It's just really weird because... If you look at the top teams like Liverpool and City, it's all, it's all teamwork. It's all passing to another quick football, all bringing each other into play. So, yeah, it is worrying. But I think, obviously, without a striker playing off in one-twos and stuff like that, some players might just go for the individual effort rather than a team effort. So, at the end of the day, I think we've just got to be patient with that and just see how it folds out. Because, obviously, yeah, it's a little bit different. We've got, obviously, uh, Bergwin in there and Kane's not there. So, it's a little bit different. Hopefully, they adjust to each other um, with the upcoming games. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, many games to come. And I think that's a good thing that with this team, they're going to be playing regularly. You feel now that Mourinho has knows roughly maybe maybe eight of his 11 that he would normally pick for, you know, the big games Ooh, coming up. Well. And, you know, Max, just on that point, having Undumbele and also the Chelsea on the bench. Did that surprise you or do you think for him, we know Champions League is so important to Mourinho that he wanted to save those two in particular for that game midweek against RB Leipzig? I mean, I was quite surprised, obviously, not to see him starting today. I mean, not so much end on Bele because, I mean, I think that guy's absolutely oozing with ability. But when it comes to his fitness, maybe that's, like you said, he might want him to give, him, give it his all midweek and be fully fit for that game. Because um, obviously those sort of players they can they can one bit of magic and win you the game. Um, obviously, like we've seen today, right at the end. Um, Lacelso, I mean, I, I saw Mourinho's interview this morning. He said he'd happily he'd happily play Lacelso in any position, um, whether that be on the right, left, attacking, like in behind the striker. That just shows how much faith he actually has got got in him, and it shows um, potentially like in the summer, does he actually want to build? his team around him because 
why would you big up a player so much like that if you're you're not going to show 110% of them? So we forget he obviously hasn't had much game time either. I mean, they both hasn't. They both haven't uh, end on Vele as well. So it's it's exciting because obviously new signings always are. Um, Bergwin obviously off to a flyer as well. But yeah, that midweek game. Um, it will be interesting to see if they both start. I actually think they will. Um, but yeah, that's that's my thought on those two. I'm excited to see them both playing and be fully fit together. Yeah, agree. I think those two, you feel, if we can get them both fully fit, they are such a pivotal part of Jose Munoz's first team at Spurs. And one player who continues to be picked for that first team and again was in the starting lineup was Serge Aurea. And in that first 10 minutes, Abby, he was already on his last warning for, for a yellow card. I mean... Typical surge, wasn't it? I mean, a display where, again, he, he looks okay at times, but you always worry he's got that streak in him where he could end up getting sent off. I mean, are you seeing any gradual improvement with him under Jose Mourinho, Abby? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think so. You sound um, like you need convincing. No, I don't. He's one of, he's one of those players that, again, like he's he can be absolutely mental one game and just get sent off and that kind of thing. And it, it was looking like that. He was so rash in that first 10 minutes. You thought there's no way he's actually going to last the full 90. But I think there I think there has been a bit of calmness added to his game in recent weeks. I think that the more I think I think actually Jose might be a good influence on him. I don't know obviously what goes on in the training ground, but he's he's looked a little bit more focused than usual I know he gave the penalty away against City but actually he wasn't too bad that game <laughs> so it's one of those things that he gave a penalty away but he wasn't that bad so it's like you have to you kind of have to weigh it up with him um so I'd say he has improved um whether or not he's going to be an integral part of that back line I, I don't know um I would think not but then again I don't know he, he tinkers quite a lot at the back and I think that while we haven't got another right back as such I think that he's there to do a job and I think we'll we'll, we'll see what happens come the summertime but my, my biggest issue is about Ndombele that I, it's clear that he obviously does have some kind of a problem with him um, and whether or not it's his weight or whatever it is I think that even in the games that he has come on since he's joined us, he's he's made a positive impact in all of those games. So is he just keeping him on the bench, you know, to, to prove a point or or what? Because he obviously does have to pass some type of fitness level to be included in the squad anyway. Um, and I just don't want what happened with like Luke Shaw and you know when he you know when Jose has like picked out a player and kind of like punished them. Well, I don't want Popper it to be. Well. We've seen it. Yeah, Popper and, as well. and Popper, yep. ex exactly. I don't want it to be that type of circumstance when he's our transfer, he's our record signing, and he's actually shown so many good sparks and potential every time he's come on. And I think that that'd be a real shame if he's picked this this guy and we're never going to see his full potential that he could reach with us because I, I I think he's been great when he's come on. I think the key will be, Abby, if we don't see him in midweek in that Champions League game where you feel that Undenbele, the whole reason he's been bought is for these big, big games, I think you would start questioning, you know, why or if he's if he's not in that starting eleven because he, like you said there, the glimpses he shows us, he looks like such a great player and you hope he's got a future under Jose Muno, you really, really do. Back to Aurea for a second. We've got a question here saying, this is from Brandon at Brandon FSU Manager. who says, how infuriated does Aurea make you? Makes me cuss and the next moment makes me jump. Where, where are you with Serge Aurea? <laughs> he's, he's so up and down. Like, honestly, I can't judge him. He's just one game. He'll go and just do a madness, get a, get in a series, grab a goal, saying the next game, he'll go and do a crunching tackle so someone and get sent off or something. But... Um, 
with surgery, I do think there is a little bit of, um, not an agenda as such, but I think people, is a bit of a scapegoat at times. I think, he, I don't think he's as rash as people make him out to be. I do, I do think he does sometimes, you know, he's, he's out of position sometimes and he, he forces himself to make a tackles. But overall, I think there is a player there and it's just whether Jose can somehow, you know, take that kind of rash side out of his game and just kind of, you know, fix that towards just being a little bit more calmer, a bit more composed, because he's got the attacking ability going forward. It's just coming back, you know, when when you're in a game like that, you can't be doing stuff like that. And especially when referees start noticing that he's getting booked week in, week out, they will start, you know, looking at him a little bit more like that. So obviously, yeah, look, I think there's a player there, there's potential there, like I said. But yeah, overall, I'm not too too keen on him going back. But yeah, overall, he's, he's okay, yeah. And you mentioned Aurea there because, you know, his shaky start and Spurs' shaky start as a back four continued to the start of that game as the own goal from Alderville came from being under pressure by Samata. It was a poor start, really, to where David had to come back into this team as he was turned far too easily by Olgalzi. But Alderville, so was uncharacteristically jittery from the cross. How much does that worry you, Max? Just the way defensively at the moment that especially from crosses, we do not look prepared or secured at all, do we? I just think it's so unlike Toby. Um, I feel Lloris must have said something. He must have said, leave it. Or there's just some communication that just wasn't there because any other time, I just feel Toby's putting his foot for it. And I just feel like everyone watching just didn't understand why he didn't do that. Uh, I know Lloris came out a couple of yards and then ended up shifting back and, I mean, even that cross, yeah, that led to an own goal, but there was a corner and it's just, it's not even Toby. You can't just pick one one man. It's just the whole the whole team sometimes defending these aerial set pieces or deliveries. We just don't seem to deal with them because Larice at times as well doesn't seem comfortable catching the ball. I know he always looks to punch it. Um, I mean, personally, I can't, I can't stand it when I, a keeper does punch it. I, I, I like it now and again, but punch into one of them, it can just, just go either way. As where you know, when it comes out and collects it, you, you see it week in, week out, make you feel comfortable. And Larice, as much as I love him, um, aerial set pieces and balls into the box for him, I mean, I can't just pick him out because he's not he's not going to be amazing at everything, but the defence alone, even times with Sanchez, he, he doesn't win a lot of his aerial duels. Um, and that goes across the back for, I mean, Ben Davis, obviously his first game back, so he just happened, he's just an easy guy to pick on if you want to say he shouldn't have allowed that ball to be crossed into the box, but yeah, as a whole, just any aerial set piece, like I said, without repeating myself, it just, we, we can't ever clear it. No, I don't know why. I agree. Yeah, it's worrying, especially in that game, just how jittery we look from corners. And just on that goal again, Abs, you know, Alderweireld got himself into all kinds of bother as the ball was poked past him and Larice was absolutely static. It was the Chuckle Brothers really featuring Toby and Hugo. For you defensively at the moment, are you are you worried about that? Because we do look so vulnerable, as I mentioned, with crosses into the box, corners. We just don't seem to look as we've got any authority. And Toby does get beaten in the air so much. Does that worry you? 
Yeah, it does. I mean, I think that from going from a side that had built such a big thing about being like a defensive unit, kind of how we were the last season or two at, like, uh, at the lane or even the first season at Wembley, to see such a decline in that is quite worrying because we always kind of didn't want to keep having that soft spurs underbelly like everyone always used to say. And at the back, I think that's kind of crept back into the game. But I think that while we tinker so much at the back, whether or not it's Sanchez and Tanganga and Toby and this one and that one, whatever, I think it's it's hard to get fluidity there and, and have... Uh, an idea of who that starting at the back is kind of thing. Um, but in terms of winning things in the air, I think that it's exceptionally poor that, that a lot of the time we don't. Um, I think that we get ourselves in these really bad, messy situations from corners and things like that. And today, I think it was just a situation where I, I felt as if Larice was coming for it and had called for it and then kind of like retreated. And I think that there was obviously some type of a confusion there. But it is worrying because I felt like even in the last couple of weeks against City and whoever we played before, I think we kind of kept two two or three clean sheets, if, I, if I'm not wrong. Um and it looked like we were starting to to build from there. And um, for me, Jose is a very defensive-minded manager. He always was. He always had strong centre-backs. Um, so I think that's an area that come the summer, we will see a definite change in, whether we sell Toby now because he's on the new deal and we get the cash that we wanted for him, because obviously Jan will be leaving on a free, um, whether we cash in on him and kind of, stick with Sanchez and we put Tanganga in there or something. I think that I think that, that back four will will be different come come August. And I think it I think it might need to be. I think that we've still got so many players that are there that have been there for a long time. And I, I think that time that times have moved on. I mean go back we, we played Dortmund at the lane and you see that video came up on my on my Twitter the other day of Toby racing back to, to clear the ball from Aubameyang different and player, you would never it? ever yeah. it's a different player Great. but you also have to look at the fact that he's four years older mm. and I'm not saying that he's not a Rolls Royce of a centre-back he's an amazing defender and he's a great servant to the club but sometimes you do have to look at it and think that okay he's been great for us but we might need someone that's got fresher legs back there and, and there's no harm in doing that. And there's no harm in saying that. And we can all look at Vertonghen as an example of that. No one wants to see Jan go, but Jan is not quite there anymore. You can only play someone so much out of sentiment. And I'm not saying that Toby is ready for that yet, but I'm saying if someone did come along and offer you 20, 30 million for Toby at 33 years old, I'd take it and I'd reinvest it because there are still players out there who are younger, who are 21 to 25 years old, who are in their prime that you can go and get with a little bit extra on top of that, that will that will be there for the next five, six years. And I think that that is okay to do and cash in and rebuild the squad, which is what we've needed. I agree. It's one of those things with Toby that we're seeing it, especially over his last three or four months, that the, the errors are becoming more and more. And question here, Sank for you. This is from Spurs signed someone in January. Obviously, we're in February now, so I'm not sure what he's expected at Spurs transfer, Ted. And that's not a wind-up to Jason McGovern. Uh, he says, anyone worried about the decline of Alderweireld? Too many games this season where he's been shaky and the same against Aston Villa where he's making errors on a continual basis. Is that fair, do you think, for you, Sank? I don't think his decline's been as big as people think. This season, generally, as, as every defensive player has been been shaking, had their moments of, like with individual mistakes. But with Toby, we gave him a new contract, and I think since then he's not been not been bad, but he hasn't been the greatest either. I think he's just been he's had his good games, had a few you know okay games. But with Toby, it's a little bit of a weird one because he's never really really been a player that's been you know airily dominant and sliding tackles and this and that. He's been a bit more of like a defender who reads the game before everyone else sees it. And and with that, I think 
you know, it, it depends, like like Abby said, whether we we go with him next season as well, um, you know, with that and with Davinson Sanchez upcoming Tanganga and stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see whether Mourinho uh, puts him in the rebuild. But I do think he has played a lot of minutes this season. Um, I think in Mourinho's first maybe eight or nine games, I think he did start... I think every single one I played, you know, every single minute. So I think I don't. I think he thinks he's a good defender, obviously, and he is. You know, you know, form his temporary class is permanent, as they'd say. So yeah, um, with that, um, and I'm sure we get around to his, his goal today, but I'm sure that gives his confidence a little boost as well. So yeah, I'm glad you did bring it around to his goal because exactly where we're going to go next, then, and we'll stick with you because that equaliser. Let's be honest about it. It came out of absolute nothing. It was, you'd say, to some degree, you know down to the run of play, a corner bounced off Dyer, it fell to out of world and turned and blasted it home. And to be fair, I mean, that was a striker's finish, wouldn't it, Sink? Yeah, super finish. I mean, I got, come to the point where I don't even think I could see any of our attackers scoring like that. It was, it was, you know, it come in from the corner, come off Dyer or something, bounced off him and then he just, he just backed to goal, turned and just absolutely smacked it. I think it was like roof of the net. And yeah, like I said, I do his confidence good as well. Um, yeah, great finish. Yeah. And actually, Abby, on that point, you know, I think Alderweireld now has become only the second player this season to score for both sides in the Premier League. How relieved were you, Abby, to see us draw level, you know, so early into that game? Because you got worried, I think, and I, and I would be, you know, the way we started that game, it worries, doesn't it, uh, us as a, as, a, as, a, as a fan base. When you see us start a game like that so poorly, you do think, OK, are we actually going to wake up? It does worry you because it's happened so many times this season that it takes us going 1-0 down to actually get into, into the game. And I think that's uh, no disrespect to Aston Villa, but I think if you're playing a team, and, and City could have easily done it to us, they just didn't take their chances because they, they could have easily had two or three But by the time we'd actually woken up half an hour into the game. I think that when you see that, happening continuously you do have to think to yourself well, what what are you doing in the dressing room before you come out because you should be ready and awake to go and you can't keep doing that um throughout the course of the season because it will come back to bite you and luckily at the minute it hasn't but um I was so happy to see that you know within kind of 20 minutes he'd gone up the other end and put one in the back of the net and I think that was his first goal for us since May 2017 or something which I was like no way that's that's crazy um so, yeah, I, I was happy to see that he obviously had that desire to, to get back and, you know, fi fix the mistake he'd made. Um, but we just we just can't keep coming out like that and coming out so slow because it just will, it will just start costing us. And at the minute, I feel like at times we are riding our luck a little bit, like today at the end. Um, I mean, Villa had so many chances to, to kind of kill the game off within the first 15 minutes. Um, so, again, we've just, we've just got to be more awake. We've got to be more alert. We've got to be more hungry to actually want to win the game, you know. And I feel like that is, that's something that we've definitely lacked the last year or so. So, if, if Jose can bring that mentality back, then I'm all for it. Um, but, again, it, it also comes down to the players on the pitch and them also being hungry for it and not just turning up to games and thinking the points are won because the league is so tight. It's not how it is or it has been in previous years where there's a, a definite division between you know the top four the top eight the you know the bottom three kind of thing it's not like that everyone is so so tight and unless you're Liverpool there's not much that's really separating anyone so you've got to come out and go and win every single game as if it's the cup final and I feel like we need to try and develop that type of mentality which we do struggle with yeah I agree I mean the start to game is worrying and Max you know like Abby says there if we don't get that goal at that period to make it 1-1 great shot from out of Verold. Does it worry you that will this Tottenham team have, you know, that, that grit determination that we did see in this game to be fair to them to come back and win it? Was you always confident, despite going one down, getting that equaliser, that we would go on to win? 
At one nil, um, I've got the I've got like I'm not I I know off the top of my head or well, I have that feeling that you're always going to get back in the game, and that goes back to my point that I made at the start when Davis blocked it off the line like that could have easily been two nil, and then that's it. You just feel like Villa can sit back and defend because two nil lead is obviously a lot a lot better than the one nil lead, but with the players on the pitch, um, obviously getting that goal back in the next 10-15 minutes after they did obviously go one up was obviously crucial and vital um, but yeah like you said you can't keep going 1-0 down and thinking oh are we going to turn up um, we need to be going into each game go 1-0 up go 2-0 up and then just not take your foot off the gas because even when we did get back into it at 1-0 Villa are still making chances balls into the box and we're not defending and it's so frustrating obviously because obviously no disrespect to Villa but and the, if you don't have play, if they don't have players like Grealish who are performing week in week out, but it's yeah, I don't really know. They frustrate you, Max. It's just it's annoying. I mean, it's obviously good coming away with a win. Um, and I, you go into the game thinking, yeah, we've got the players to do so, but it's just the way they come out of it. Like I shouldn't be having to go to the 94th minute to see a Spurs victory and see us perform like that because it you we've seen enough chances today and seen enough like. The runs that Delhi make, I think the runs that Delhi makes, by the way, even though he frustrates everyone, and like he, ma- he had four brilliant chances today, Delhi. Yeah. Two were the pullbacks. One was uh, outside of the foot, and one was that header, which obviously not oh, not an easy chance, header. obviously. Yeah. yeah, that header. But it, <laughs> the runs he the runs he makes is unbelievable. I don't I don't think there's many players out there, and that's why I feel like you take Delhi out of the team. You're obviously like he's a massive part. Of that starting eleven, don't, don't don't you find him so frustrating? So frustrating. Like he yeah. he does he does get himself into these positions which are so good, and it's like the things he does off the ball doing that and to get into the positions, but he misses so many chances. And I know he's not a striker, but come on, like his first season or two with us, like he was putting them away for fun, and it's just like yeah. you know where that was the best part about his game because he didn't need to he didn't need to do anything like particularly good he didn't need to run about all the time he just he had that ability to like get the goal and put himself in a position which was just technically good but now it's just he gets himself into the position and it's just like oh my god <laughs> like how, how, are, you, how I mean, are you missing that it's not it's not dissimilar to Lucas Moura either he makes all these runs he does all the hard work and then passes to whoever's in the other team and at, yeah. the, at the last minute and that's equally just as frustrating because you think to yourself like you have all the all, all, all the Ability. All the credentials, to, all, yeah, all the ability to go and do that. You've done all the graft and all the hard work and, like, your final pass is just abysmal and it's like, why? Why, why is it so bad? But like, it's not just him, is it? It's the no, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's, just... It is. It's not just him, but just in in general. In general. No, no, not at all. It's like, you can't, it's not even this game. Sorry, Ricky. It's not even this game where the final product has just been, like, the only reason we don't really talk about the final product that much is because obviously we won but if that game finished two all i'm literally i'll be sitting there absolutely obviously not cursing but i'd feel that way because you can't have like 20 attempts in a game or whatnot and not not win like it doesn't matter how many the other team have do you know what i mean mm. yeah and we're facing lisbon it's an Aston villa side that you know are fighting relegation and i think the difference between you know you look at someone like ali son son is not playing well at all but he's got six goals in five games and you're thinking has that has that happened because he's nowhere near his best song. We're going to come on to him in the second half. So much to discuss as we're going to bring the second half in a second because we're going to be discussing more VAR drama involving Tottenham. Hoon Min Son stepping up. What's going on with Delhi's form? 
Eric Dyer, what's happened to him, and also RB Leipzig to come in the Champions League. Do not go anywhere. We are going to be back after this very short break. Senk, crazy end to that first half. We saw two VAR appeals. Uh, one of them was the referee decided no penalty after Bergwijn's goalbound volley was blocked by Ingles. Spurs appealing for handball. To be fair, I think it looked the right call. Looked like his chest. Do you think that was the right call? Now we had second. Yeah, I think, think? Uh, I think it was the right call. Initially, I thought maybe it hit his hand. Uh, obviously, the players were claiming. I think Mora went absolutely mental in our box game, and it was a, a handball. But um, yeah, it went to VAR. I think he, he kind of the ball went to him, and he put his hand towards obviously to his body. So obviously, it wasn't um, obviously a handball for me. Um, yeah, it was in a natural position. So uh, yeah, not a handball for me. Let's go around and ask that question. Abs for you when you looked at that first time, would you have thought a handball, or do you think the referee got it right? Chest on second, third viewing. Oh no, I definitely thought it was right. I didn't think it was a handball at all I thought I, I don't even know how they, they thought it was um but I definitely thought it was chest mm. Max for you how much are you for you at the moment liking the VAR or not liking it I mean is it getting more right than wrong for you at the moment in terms of these decisions where it comes to handballs you know real tough decisions on penalties no penalty but when they actually showed the actual VAR um it looked like it was in front of his body his actual arm I mean I mean the, the ball comes at him so quick it's one of them ones where in recent, it comes down to personally for me which referee it is because I feel like there's some that are, will happily take that on the chin or be that guy and some will just like nah it's not big enough decision um, but personally now nah, for me Abs literally minutes after that we did get a penalty after consulting with the VAR referee Martin Atkinson awarded Spurs the penalty for a foul on Stephen Bergwijn and I think this one Abs without VAR we probably wouldn't have got it because to be fair from one angle it looked like a really good tackle, but when you watch it back again with the luxury of third, fourth viewing, he got absolutely none of the ball, and it was the right decision from the referee, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the right decision. Um, to be fair, at first look, I didn't think it was a penalty, just watching it in real time. Um, obviously, I'm glad that did change um, <laughs> from VAR. Um, but yeah, I think that that's where it comes into it, that VAR is a positive, when you can bring it back to something that, you know, in real time, you might not have got the chance to look at it properly or the referee might not have seen it. That's when it's something that is justified and it's given to you. And thankfully it was. Um, I think it wasn't even that dissimilar to the one against um, a one against us against uh, with City. Um, again, the one with Sajori, I don't think that actually looked like to a naked eye he'd given the penalty away. But when you watch it back, you can see it clearly um, that, that he had done. So I was very happy today that, that VR went in our, our favour. <laughs> sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. I think you're right with that. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, 50-50, you'll get some calls, you won't get some calls. Seng, I think the only thing at the moment with VAR, again, that is causing a lot of frustration is just the timing, how long it's taking to get to these decisions. Is that still something as a frustration for you as a fan when you're watching on that decisions aren't being made quick enough? And when you're in that stadium, for example, you're not too sure of what's going on to some degree. And even when you're watching it at home, you don't really understand or know why it's taking so long to come to such a conclusive decision. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, sometimes when I'm there and it comes up on the screen, it takes so long to, to obviously get, get a decision or sometimes it even just they don't just do anything from it. So sometimes it's just like, it just takes so long and it drank and it kills the player as well. It's not like it's just like it's fine and we can take our time to it. It kills the play and it kills the tempo of the game. So if you're on the front foot, and a VAR decision comes in and takes maybe, what, two or three minutes or, or however long to, to make a decision. It just kills the game. So, you know, yeah, it is frustrating. 
Um, obviously, I'm, I'm not a fan of uh, VAR. It's got its pros and cons so far. Um, for me, VAR, I'm, I'm not really a fan of it. Um, but th- th- it's obviously still got to develop. It's the first season. It's still a little bit raw. There are flaws in it. So, yeah, look, with a penalty, uh, that, that's that's a, obviously a positive. And you can look at it again. You can see, you know, different angles and stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a little bit frustrating at times, though. Yeah, we got to the right decision in the end. And to be fair, Son's spot kick, it was saved firsthand, but tucked away the rebound. Max, for you at the moment, you know, we're missing Kane, I think, from the spot to some degree at times. Son there, very lucky with the rebound. What do you make of Sonny's form for you, Max? You know, he's one of those players that's been at the moment. Sonny scored six goals in his last five games. I think he'll ultimately say himself he's nowhere near looking like the best that we know Son to be. But he's still finding the net, Max. Is that the most important thing for you? I think it's, would you say it's fair to say he's finding the net because we're giving him, he, he has so many opportunities because of We saw that joke with Mourinho <laughs> after the post-match where he said, have you talked about how many, game, how many goals he's missed? <laughs> that's the thing, I mean, give a striker or a forward 10 opportunities, you'd like to think at least once they're going to put the ball in the net. So, I mean, most of our chances do come from Son because obviously... He has been, I think it's fair for me to say, he has been quite greedy recently. And would you agree that the greed may come, whether he is greedy or not, whether I'm just, it, I just that's just my personal feeling. But because Kane's out injured, is he trying to be that main man? So he thinks, oh, if I don't score this, if I don't score that, maybe the greed just feels a bit natural to him. Um, the amount of times, obviously, you want him to square it or pass it and, He'll just run it a bit too far and maybe have a shot that goes wide. And you just think you don't need to do that. It's like Son, you've got the ability. Like you, you're going to score loads of goals anyway because the way you play and the way you work in our team, you don't need to be like that. But the penalty, the penalty aside, I mean, he's not a penalty taker. I don't think it, it was a good save, no. Rainer. It was a, it's a good save, but he's very fortunate to obviously get to the rebound. I mean, obviously, if you saw Rainer's reaction. <laughs> Oh, he's fuming, wasn't he? It's quite funny, actually, Rain's reaction. He's, but... he's, he's fuming that there's no Villa player to follow up there. I mean, Spurs were just lucky that we were, exactly. we were quicker. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. on this app, you know, with Son, you know, let's be honest about that as well. Some of his stats out there, he's the first ever Asian player now to score over 50 Premier League goals. Um, scored 51 goals for Spurs now. Only five players have scored more for the club in our history. Fifth highest goal scorer for Spurs in the Premier League. Do you think, like, Max is at the moment, because he knows he's the main man... Is that putting the pressure on him that he feels he has to score and that's why he's missing all these chances? What do you put his form down to at the moment? Because he could be scoring many more, but he is still scoring the goals, isn't he? That's the most important thing. I think that he's... Um, look, it shows you he's still getting the goals. It's, it's like in his last six, isn't it? Like general performance overall. Um, he's not necessarily at the that he probably has been in the past but you could kind of turn around and say that for everyone that's in that team so I think it's a bit unfair to just pick him out um, in that case because I don't think anyone's really been outstanding this season especially I'd say in the last kind of like three, four months um, I think that it is always a want and a desire to be the main man especially when the main man is actually out so um, he is the next one you would think that would step up to the plate because he's done it in the seasons past um, when Harry hasn't been there you know like last season the season before he, he's done it and I think he's warranted and he's earned the right to be selfish at times I've seen all, all of them Lucas included Delhi included all get into that position where they can shoot and sometimes they do actually all pass when they should shoot I think it's just knowing do that pass and not be selfish and when to do it yourself. I think that's that's just comes from the person 
who's who's taking the shot. I don't think he's particularly selfish. I don't think he's a particularly selfish player. I think that in in times gone by, he has contributed loads to, to the team as a whole. Um, but I think that he probably thinks that if, if I've got it, you know, nine times out of 10, he probably will hit the target. I just think that at the minute, it's his general performance and performance levels that maybe aren't up to scratch. But like I just said, I think that goes for everyone that's in that squad at the minute. No one's really outstanding and showing me that they're the that they're the biggest leader and they're the ones that want to want to drive it forward. I think everyone's kind of at the same level at the minute. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. That at the moment, there isn't really, you'd say, any standout performer. But we are at the moment just getting the job done. And some would argue, at the moment, that's exactly what we just need to do until we do have Harry Kane back in this team, which again... You know, there's a possibility he might be back this season, but it's not a guarantee. And, you know, Senk, for you, Son, what would it take, I always ask this question, for him to really be put on that kind of next level where you view him as one of the best players in the world? Or do you think, you know, for you, he's going to get there one day? What does it take? Is it just consistency? What is he lacking for you to really view him as a real top, top player? For me, Son, personally, I think he's a little bit of a purple patch player. I think he's he'll have a few games where he score four and he'll be absolutely on fire and then he'll be a little bit quiet and then at the same again he'll score a few. But first of all, I want to get my personal opinion. I I don't think he's a striker. Um, he can play in that role obviously, and he's proved that he can. But overall, I just don't think he he's a striker. Uh, and that one, that one, obviously. Um, but with Son, his record speaks volumes. He's a fantastic act. What he brings to the club as well is phenomenal. And he's got that he's got that solo quality as well that you know out of nowhere he can just do something. Like we saw against Burnley, obviously, the solo goal just out of nothing, literally from a from a set piece from Burnley. Batonga just gets a little foot in it and he just runs the whole pitch and scores. So that's for me what I like about Son so much is that regardless whether he's playing good or not, he will always pop up or he'll always do something important. Um in place so yeah look and, and when he's with Kane as well he's even better um, with that link up as well the runs he makes in behind you know and he's got a superb superb shot on him as well so yeah um, Son for me for that next level um, like I said I think it is just that little bit of consistency like I said I do think he's a little bit of a purple patch player so it's just getting that gradual you know that consistency in his game um, overall yeah, and I think at the moment in this period, God, we do need him. With Harry Kane being out and Dilly Alley's form, you'd say to some degree, again, not great. We're going to need Son's goals to really drive us through this difficult period. But again, we saw Spurs, you know, we go ahead. We then have to find a way to come back because Engels rose above Alderweireld and made it 2-2. He made amends for giving away the penalty earlier. Hugo Lloris seemed to hesitate coming out to challenge it and he couldn't get any kind of save to, to try and divert the ball away from goal. Lloris, just on him, Max here, you know, he did and didn't come for El Ghazi's directed cross, which left Adver to poke home in the first half. He pushed away never from distance from El Ghazi, but looked to be glued to his line from set pieces. We've been here so many times with Hugo Lloris in terms of the good and the bad. For you, we haven't had you on before. Is Lloris a keeper that, for you now long-term, Spurs need to be looking for his replacement? A tricky one. It is a tricky one. I mean, that header alone from the corner. Um, I haven't watched it back again, that particular goal, but was there someone that probably should have been on the line? Um, I mean, I, I know Spurs in recent years, definitely under Poch, we didn't put players on both posts, but Hugo Lloris aside, um, I think as soon as he come back into the side, I mean, Gaza was wicked, um, but as soon as Lloris back in the side, I have that 
massive like confidence boost. There is something about him. I think he's a wicked shot stopper, but there's so many small mistakes that he does make. But then it's where do you draw the line? Because I, I did see um, some statistics on Twitter. I'm not sure exactly what they were, but Hugo Lloris was top of it. It was one of them like per mm. minutes played, saves per hour sort of thing. And it's like you've got to look at the big picture. And Lloris is still a world-class keeper. How many keepers can you name Like if you had the top 10 keepers? Or how many can just... like He can probably walk into many other Premier League sides. So we do take him for granted at times, Arthur. It's yeah. just sometimes he's so frustrating. <laughs> um, especially he's kicking at times because under Mourinho, obviously the long ball situation up to Mora or up to whoever is playing up top, that's just another thing, his weakness. And that was one thing when Gaza was in the side that we loved because he'll pick the ball up and hit it 50, 60 yards straight to someone's feet. And obviously Lloris doesn't do that. He doesn't. But, I mean, Abs, for you, at the moment, I've said this before with Spurs, do you think there's more areas that need addressing first before you look at Hugo Lloris's position? Is that where Spurs are at for you at the moment? Is he not one that you'd say is top of your agenda to be looking at? Or for you, should we be looking for his next replacement? I was actually having this conversation today, and he is definitely an area we need to look at, but I don't think that we need to look at it for another season or so. I think that we need to sort out the back four I think that we need to we need to get another striker, regardless whether Kane is playing or not. We need to have someone that is on that bench that can come in and do the job. Because like you guys said before, Son can do that job, but he is not a striker. Um, and even so, with Troy Parrott, um, he clearly obviously doesn't doesn't fancy him being so young. So he's obviously going to go out on loan or wherever and get the experience he needs. Um, judging by that, if he's not going to get in the side while Harry's out and, and give him game time there, then that's probably the obvious thing. Um, I think with Lloris, he does actually balance himself out over the course of the season. It's, I agree that it's a weird one. That For me, I've never had this like undying love and bond for him as a player like I've had for others um, over the time he's been there. And considering he's our captain, it's, you usually really love your club captain. Um, and I, I've never personally had that for him. And he has made mistakes, um, but I think that there have been times where he's been outstanding and he's completely, you know, kept us in games and, and done things that you're like, oh my God, that was unbelievably world-class. And I think that it's difficult for a keeper because you can't always have a keeper that is going to never, ever make mistakes. So it's one of those things that I think that it's a place you need to look at, but I think that we definitely have more pressing areas at the minute. Sometimes the keeper is only as good as the defence. If I mean Liverpool, for example, Alisson's probably facing what four or five shots a game, as where Larice today is facing like a good ten plus shots. So it, it depends. It's like where where do you draw the line really to decide how good a keeper is? Mm. I agree. I think you mentioned it there, Max. That you have to have a settled back four in front of him. And to be fair, that defence has been changed so much, and where well, you've got so much going on in that defence, maybe you know Larice. It is difficult. He's only just come back into the team as well. And I think, I think as we all agree here, there's much more important areas at the moment you feel for Spurs to address before Hugo Lloris. Now, we did see Spurs somehow absolutely snatch that game in the last few seconds. A horrible mistake at the back. Allowed Son to run through and show his real composure to fire past Reina in added time. I mean, Sink, crazy scenes. Limbs, I think, as you described them in that Villa away end. It's a big, big three points, isn't it, for that top four now, Sink? And you feel we're right in the mix. Oh, that was it was a massive. It was it, like the the right at the end as well. You're thinking, oh, here we go, it's a point, and then the top four's the stretch is getting bigger in between. Um, obviously, top four and our, and our point tally right now, but that was it was unbelievable, really. 
and and nothing beats the last minute as well like the limbs in that away end you know it's such relief um so on, on TV as well, as soon as we scored, Mourinho told her, uh, Jan to quickly come on and get out. But yeah, incredible finish as well. You fancy on um, in that moment, slightly past Rainer as well. Um, but yeah, he's always, in those situations, always scored. Um, so obviously I fancied him there, hoping he scored at that moment as well. Otherwise I would have been absolutely like fuming with him, um, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, scenes at the end and obviously massive relief for us. Big three points. And obviously, the game against Chelsea on the weekend is now massive. Um, they've got Manchester United thing Monday. Big, big, big three points. Yeah, you can't maybe put a price on just how big those three points could be between now and the end of the season. Huge. And obviously, in that game, we haven't really spoken about the midfield to some degree. Eric Dyer. before we look ahead to RB Leipzig to come in the Champions League. Abs, what's going on with him? Because, again, he looked off the pace very early on. His partnership between him and Winks, it really does ever look like a good fit. But there are, again, a few signs the game wore on that he was maybe finding his feet. You know, he doesn't bring the most creativity to the team. I think when we introduced the Chelsea, we definitely saw the minute the Chelsea came on, we looked like a different team. The Chelsea picked out a great pass when he came on as well to find Bergwijn around the back. But for you, does Eric Dyer have a future at Tottenham? No. He does not. And you know what? I know that sounds really harsh, but I think times have moved on. And I think that he had an amazing couple of seasons with us. And unfortunately, he has had so many injuries. Um, not only the fact that he also lost Dembele as a partner in midfield and Wanyama. Um, he played a very different role back then for us. And I think that he had, he kind of had that role where he protected the back four now he's not doing that role anymore and I think that putting him in midfield he's he's way too static for me he doesn't actually bring anything to I don't think he actually brings anything necessarily to the team I think he struggles with his his past success anyway which you can go and look at a million stats and that will tell you that um I think that he doesn't find much creatively he's got an assist today but um, I actually can't kind of work out how that went down as an assist or what it was for um he's look I like him I don't think that he's a player that we require anymore um and I don't think that he's at a level that I would expect us to be us to us to be looking for moving forward past this season um and it's a shame because he he did do a really good job for us. But like we said, with a, n a number of players in our squad, I think the time has come where they, they just might need to move on to their next level and our next level as well. From Dyer to Delhi, Max, I mean, you brought him up and you said for you that you're still seeing these amazing runs he's making. But again, you know, he's missing so many chances. Some will say it was a wasteful performance. He's had a lot to go through this week, to be fair to Delhi. And a lot of it is partly his fault for when he as we know, did that very well-criticised video. Uh, he's obviously had to deal with that. He's apologised for that. Do you feel like any way that affected him at all? Or do you feel, like, again, though, he's, the chance he's creating, he should be having a better conversion rate, regardless if he's a midfielder or not? I think the whole Deli Alley situation, obviously being in the news and obviously take the, like he's, he's clever enough to not be, be doing that. But then when the media start, people start talking about him, whether it's on or off the pitch, I kind of feel like He's the sort of player that has that fire in his belly. Um, we haven't really seen it too much this season, but he's he's that sort of player that I feel like will take that and um, be able to use it to his advantage. As well, some players might go shy or not show their face, and he's the one like like said he come out and he done a video saying, "Yeah, I'm in the wrong, what whatnot." But on the pitch. Well, I don't know what he's lacking. I mean, he's making all these runs and he's he's had four big chances today. Um, 
So whether it's just he's used to, in the past, other people being the creator for him. Um, I mean, we've seen some class goals in the past, like where Toby's done the ball over the top against Everton. Um, and he took that on the chest and put it. So he's normally one that's had the creative for him. Where now I feel like he's kind of moved into that role a little bit. Obviously, if any of you have a different opinion, then feel free to add on that. But he's he, he doesn't see these little pockets to play the pass into as where he's the one that's normally in that pocket, if that makes any sense whatsoever. That's why I feel like he's so good at making these runs in behind because mm. that's him. Mm. That's where he doesn't see other people making the runs in behind. Yeah, I think sense. he's when he's playing with Kane, in my opinion. I think yeah. he he shouldn't be the one that's trying. I kind of get what you mean. Like he shouldn't be the one that's trying to do do that. He should kind of be the one seeing it and assisting rather than doing. If that's if that makes any sense whatsoever. No, I, I, I can um, yeah, tell no, where you that's come from. That's your spot on. Trying to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think that he definitely. Yeah, he ben- he ben- he benefits so much when Harry's in the team, and I think that you know him him son. Um, Berg, Bergwijn up front and Lucas aren't a really natural 3-4 up front so I think he does struggle kind of doing that when it's not so fluid the way him Ericsson Kane used to work was obviously in a great little system that worked and benefited all three um, but I, th- I think I think he's making the runs he's getting himself in the positions it's just his finishing he's just he's just got to work on that like we said earlier but with Dell he's a little bit different to a lot of attacking midfielders like he's, he's not very he's not very easy on the iron. He's a little bit unique to himself. Um, but definitely, um, he, his best position is a shadow striker in behind. Um, obviously, like Abby just said, making those runs just in behind. And and what if one of his best traits is is finding uh, that pocket of space with that movement in behind in the box mainly. So yeah, I think if we want to move forward with him, obviously we will because he's got such potential and he's so young as well. And I think people forget his age as well. Um, then we've got to be playing with a, with a number nine like Harry Kane, obviously, and that's that's where I think we're going to see most success with Deli Ali. Agree. I hope this has answered some of your questions. Milan Cottage has said, "Why can he play Dyer midfield when he's clearly struggling in that role?" I think we all agree that Dyer wouldn't be one of our first names on the team sheet. And we had a question on Delhi also. This was from Joe's Japan at 1978. He said, "Should Ali be dropped and come as a super sub?" I think we've all kind of come to the agreement that for Mourinho, I think he sees Delhi as being fundamental to his team. And I don't see Deli Ali being dropped by Jose Mourinho. I just no don't. way, no, no, and no. especially ahead of this big game to come in the Champions League, which we're going to bring into the forefront now because Wednesday night, big, big game in the Champions League for Tottenham. Obviously, that round of sixteen, the first leg at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We're playing German side RB Leipzig, who sit third currently in the Bundesliga. Ahead of their clash against relegation candidates, Word of Bremen, that was on Saturday. Um, they're just a point off Bayern Munich at the top of the table. This kind of game sank for you. What are you expecting? Do you think Tottenham will get the most important thing of the decent result to take away for the second leg? Definitely going to be a tough game. But it's a completely different ball game, you know, at the lane, under the lights. It's just it's completely different. The atmosphere will be buzzing, hopefully. And with with that, they've they've got good individuals, but I feel like at home, you know, we should we should take them to the sword and we should really take the game to them. Um, but the thing is, with with um, Leipzig, I watched them against Bayern Munich. I think I played them away. Mourinho was there, obviously attending, and they look really organised as a unit. 
Um, and, and what they was mostly utilising was uh, Werner in behind. And obviously, he's very, very quick. So I think we've got to be wary of what they've got, uh, obviously, threats-wise. But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm confident and hopefully, you know, we can come away with a big result that night. Hope you're right, Sink. It's a big, big game for the club, you feel. And Paul at PaulB316-2000 says, Should we be worried going into Wednesday, defending so poorly, ball retention also poor, and going against such a strong team in RB Leipzig? Abs, are you going into this one in trepidation or are you going into it with excitement? I mean, I feel like at the minute I'm going into every game really not knowing what's going to happen. It's not how it used to be where you can kind of go and say, oh, I reckon we're going to do this 2-0, 3-1, whatever. It's not really like that anymore. Um, I think that it will really plan he puts into place. I kind of want to be able to see the plan he puts in and it not being like, go out there and let's see if we can kind of make something happen. I kind of want to see it from the from the outset. Um I think at home, we need to definitely take the advantage that we are at home um, and try and, and and get something to take it there um, and it not all be reliant on that game. Um, because I think that if we let it go there and we don't capitalise on the fact that we, we've got the home, the home game first, I think we might be in trouble. Um, but again, it will just be down to taking our chances and not making stupid mistakes. And that is something that is in every game, not just the Champions League game. So as long as we, we try and do that and learn from the fact that we had so many chances today that we, we didn't take and make sure that we don't do the same thing Wednesday, then I'd hope that we, we will come out of that game positively. I hope you're right. And question here from Brayton Vahinga, who says, how high is Stevie B's ceiling? For you, Max, how crucial would he be now in this Champions League? You feel that he's a player that is built for this stage. You've only seen... Obviously, a glimpse of what he's capable of. We saw that fantastic goal against Man City. We've also seen a decent performance, I think you've got to say, against Aston Villa. Are you excited to see this guy in this Spurs team in the Champions League? I'm super excited to see him. I'm not just saying that just because he's had a couple of decent games. I mean, obviously, that's a big bonus. But he just seems to be clicking with everyone already. And his ability, like his suit, is quick he's he's strong like there's a couple of moments today where he's like holding off the ball where, like the ball's in the air coming to him and he's holding off the player and I think there was one where he chested it down to, to Delhi I think it was um but I don't know how much experience he's obviously got in the Champions League but obviously going into Wednesday being at home um I mean he'll be up for it he looks like a player that just can't wait to play um I mean it's not very often that you have a new sign in that completes 90 minutes or so in like their second game really is it so they're normally fed into the into the team um but he just looks like he can't wait to get out of there and i'm just i mean every time he gets the ball it's been a long time coming since again we've had a player where every time they pick the ball up i mean hopefully he can turn into that sort of player but one that when they when they collect the ball whether it be on the wing or middle of the park that you know they're going to make something happen and he just—he looks like he's got that box of tricks in him to make something happen, whether it's grab a goal or get an assist. Mm. I think he's one of those players. I think someone said it as he a, a journalist who was covering him at PSV, and he said he's the kind of player that will get you off your seat and keep you off your seat at the same time. He—he's a player that is so exciting to watch, and, and I think you're a massive fan of him. But another question we've got in here: J9 Free at Julgen, who says, "Fascinating how we are a completely different team." with Giovanni Lachelso on the pitch. And I think that, again, is so key that he also is so important for us, isn't he, saying, in terms of this Champions League run that we're on, pivotal over these next couple of games that we've got with RB Leipzig. Oh, yeah, 100%. He, he's got that fluidity about him. He, obviously, now we've lost Ericsson, we haven't really got like a, an out-and-out out 10. Obviously, like I said, Delhi, I think, is more of a shadow striker. 
Um, Lacelso though, yeah, like when he come on today, again he's another like massive effect, and it just looked like we was moving the ball uh, that tad bit quicker. It looked a bit more, it just flowed a little bit better than it was before, and I feel like he, that's what we need in our midfield. Obviously, whether or not Ndombele plays Wednesday, um, it's, it's massive that actually you know he's in there and he, he can get us going really because I think he, I feel like it brings that tempo as well. Uh, and yeah, he's a big, big player. So yeah, hopefully, you know, we see him against Leipzig and hopefully he can have another great game. Fingers crossed. We'll come on and we'll do predictions both for top four and Champions League. It's coming to that stage of the seasons now where we're taking predictions for both. Abs, we'll start with you. Will we make the top four? And what will the result be in the first leg of that game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium between Tottenham and RB Leipzig? No pressure. <laughs> um, I actually think we will make top four. I think that the fact that City are, aren't allowed to take their place helps us. So whether or not we finish fourth or fifth, I think that that, that will help us. Um, so, yes, I think we will. Um, score on Wednesday, narrow. I'm going to go 1-0. I'm going to ask you a question, Abs. Could you see, on both those things, if I asked you that question six months ago, less than six months ago, three or four months ago, when Mourinho first come in, would you be predicting those things or not necessarily? Um, no, but I also think that the fact that you're asking me four months later and I've seen how everyone else in the league is also performing helps me come to that conclusion. <laughs> that I think that we're all just, that we're all just as bad as each other. And I think that it'll be a case of who is less shit, really, mm. at the end of it. Yeah, it has been an awful Premier League, hasn't it? Has been an awful Premier League. Terrible. Oh, I mean, Senk, let's bring you in. What do you think then? Top four, will we make it? And also, what do you think the result will be in that first leg of that Champions League tie? Depends how we start, really. It's whether what Spurs will, what Spurs will turn up. It's whether we start really well or we go with a normal, obviously, start slow and it's all we can see early or stuff like that. So, um, I want to go with a... I'm going to be optimistic. I'll go for a 3-1 Spurs. I reckon we'll concede. Yeah, I think they've got too much threat up top for us not to. So, yeah. Um, and on top four, yeah, I think we'll make it. I said it before, just because everyone else is just so bad. The Everyone's just so inconsistent around us. So, I think it equals it out. And I think, with us actually, I think we may be, I don't know if this is correct, I think we're about eight, eight games unbeaten. I think around that. So, I think we're starting to get that. We're starting to really get our identity of Mourinho now and we're starting to get some results on board. So, slowly, um, yeah, we're slowly starting to get some results. Hopefully, top four. Hopefully, we do it. That will be a great way to finish the season to get top four. When you again take into account what he came into, when I mentioned at the start of the show, you know, dressing room. Let's be honest about it. It was broken after that Champions League final. You know, it needed investment. And, you know, with, with the Vertonghen, you know, Ericsson situation, and Danny Rose. Let's not forget, and Sergio as well said he wanted to leave in the summer. So I think to be fair, to get top four now will be a great achievement. And hopefully, an FA Cup and a long run of the Champions League to come. Max, what are you going to give us? Do you think we'll finish top four? And what do you think the result will be during the week? Uh, the result during the week, um, I, I'm going to be optimistic as well. I do think we're going to concede. Um, I wanted to say 3-1 as well. Um, it's just that team of Werner, I've watched him so many times. That's, I mean, out of that whole team, he's probably the only one that's like, for me, like if I, when you... When you say Leipzig, I just think of Verna and how quick he is. How um, I mean, there's a reason they're obviously near the top of the league, and he's, it's probably it's because he's been banging in goals. Um, but yeah, three-one on Wednesday, and then top four. Um, I know it's another situation to talk about, but it, it, it 
do you would you t- I'd, be, I'd be more than happy if that fifth place comes around and then City end up getting that um that band from the Champions League oh, and all that it'd, be, it'd be nice but... to be the team to actually, <laughs> to actually you know get something out of something for once Max do you know what I mean it'd be nice to actually you know in a way fall into the thing where we are the, the team to be well being entitled to that after what we've been through with the Chelsea's where we used to finish you know we finished the <laughs> fourth, we didn't get it it would be nice to be the team that eventually have a bit of luck and do get rewarded for a spot they weren't meant to finish if you see where I'm coming from Exactly, exactly. But then, no, it would be nice to get top four, which there's no reason why we can't, because obviously everyone else around us is just, I mean, same as us, just only re- as of recent, uh, putting some results together. Agree, agree. Well, it's been a cracking show, Max. It's been a pleasure having you on to make your debut. Max, we've got a lot to plug. Tell us where people can find your Spurs stuff that you do. Yep, so if everyone listening searches for X Duo Max, literally X D U O Max, um, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, then you'll find me on there. Match previews and match day vlogs for when I'm at the game. A lot of match day reaction as well, Max, we've seen on that YouTube channel. <laughs> a lot of, lot yeah. of scenes. A lot of scenes. Yes, there's there's definitely limbs from my living room when Spurs played Ajax. Let's just say that. My God, that was <laughs> how many views did that do? Over millions, wasn't it? Mental. That's, that's on yeah, that's on 1.4 million views now. Unbelievable, unbelievable footage that was for the Champions League. It's been a pleasure having you on to make your debut. Fantastic, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ricky. You've been a star. Senk also having you on to make your debut. You've been a pleasure. Senk, where can we find more of the quality stuff you do on Twitter? Please tell us. Yeah, just uh, obviously it's just at the Spurs web. We're on Instagram, uh, Facebook and Twitter, obviously, just for all daily uh, Tottenham content, you know, videos, quotes, stats, everything, really. So, yeah, um, obviously drop us a follow and obviously hopefully, yeah, great episode. Hopefully you guys uh, like the content as well on Spurs web. Fantastic. Listen, guys, hopefully we're going to get you back on soon. And Abs, always a pleasure having you. Now, you have got a blog as well, Abs, at the moment. Tell us where we can find it because we always love your content. So where can we find out more, Abs? Um, so I think it's launching on Tuesday, if I'm not wrong. Um, it's with Copper 90s. You have to go and follow them, I believe. And it'll be on all their socials um, and all their platforms. So it's a fan blog. So I believe it's till the end of the season that I will be covering Spurs. Um, I think it's probably going to be after every game. So probably the next day or so, if you give me some time to recover and write. Um, so, yeah, so then I'm, I'm actually just been doing mine while we're, while we're filming this at the same time. So sorry if I've been multitasking. Um, but, yeah, it's Tuesday to launch most likely on Tuesday so um, obviously follow me which is um, I think my Twitter I can't even think what my Twitter handle was I think it's just Abby Summers if I'm not wrong um, and follow me and obviously I'll be retweeting it and posting it and if not it'll be on Copper 90s social media platforms at Abby underscore Summers I'm going to do it for her just in case thank you, you go and search <laughs> at Abby underscore Summers go and check out her content abs Pleasure to have you back on. You're going to be with us very, very soon on Love Sport. There's a promise that I make. You will definitely be with us very, very soon. And we are back on Love Sport this coming Thursday to review Tottenham Hotspurs Champions League first leg round of 16 tie against RB Leipzig. Hopefully, we've got another win to follow up on this late, late winner against Aston Villa. As always, keep the faith. And come on, you Spurs!
Social Podcast Network.